0: Forgiven, Forgotten, So is what my next guest on the Tea Time Sofa says in the face of domestic and mental abuse. G. Denoa, who's an ambassador for ANCHL Women's Aid, talks about her new book drawing from her own experience of abuse and what she can do to help children understand. We chat about social media playing a huge part in young people's lives and what is often perceived as acceptable is actually not so let's find out more. Gee welcome to Tea Time with me Ali Monjak. how are you today sounds like you're very tired you've been a busy lady. I have indeed I'm always about supporting
1: other people so last night I was in a, a beautiful network amongst entrepreneurs property investors and um, health and well-being fitness coaches so I was a busy lady last night <laughs>
0: Fantastic
1: so what was the event about then? So the event was um, more so about taking care of your health and well-being which I you know as as all of us know that that's like the most important thing we should always put ourselves first so it's about educating ourselves so there was there was a doctor there that was talking about genetics and how important genes were and how you can actually get tailored medicine to support any conditions you know to get those treated according to what your genetics say about your DNA so that was very interesting very intense for some people but but I loved it a bit of a um I love learning so that was great and we had um other well-being gentlemen who pumped iron um very always very nice to um learn from them because I think you know one thing I absolutely kind of give credit that these these gentlemen and women who do pump iron it doesn't just happen by accident so you know when we as people look at them and say oh you know that looks really it comes with discipline it comes with commitment it comes with focus so these were the things that I was picking up with them from them last night that you know it has taken them time to get where they are you know and and it was that constant not seeing the benefits but just keep going Keep going and keep going, and there they were, six foot plus stood in front of me with like you know amples of body mass because they've worked at what their vision was. So, um, it was really really nice to just see people achieving and progressing in their visions of, of what they aimed to get out of their life. So, really very great energy there last night,
0: brilliant. And I mean, energy and you know visions are so important to you, aren't they? They
1: are indeed, yeah. I mean you know, I have to say when the last time we connected, it almost felt like we'd started discussing everything that we wanted to discuss today with everyone. So, you know, visions are so important. So if, if I was to share my vision with you today, it's about giving back, helping and inspiring um, both men and women who may have gone through, um, you know, some kind of Um, domestic or mental abuse in their life but I don't want to just stop there you can always inspire people who may not have experienced um, domestic or some kind of toxic relationship it could just be inspiring others through um, just from where I was then to where I am now and and hopefully the the learnings that I can
0: share with others it's all about you know personal growth, isn't it? Because you know if we wind yeah. the clocks back here, you know um, seven years ago, is that right? Yeah, yeah, seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago, you were in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and this is where your journey, instead of it it being an ending, shall we say, it yeah. it's in the beginning, hasn't it? It absolutely was, and I have to say, after
1: you know enduring that. Domestic abuse in silence for five years. And then finally, when I spoke up about it, um, it absolutely felt like a new beginning. The excitement of knowing I was taking control of my life again, that I wasn't being, you know, I wasn't allowing someone to control me or I wasn't allowed, allowing myself to be manipulated any further. I have to say, I almost felt like this was the most exciting new chapters that I was going to embark on. And, and it really has been. Um, and just, you know, relating back to what I was saying about those gentlemen that were building muscle for their vision, it took them time. And that's exactly what I did, but probably more for my mental strength. So my mental strength, building myself back up again, took duration before I could, you know, talk about what I went to, before I could um, publish my poetry book. Um so th- there were so many things that I had to build upon before I could then share and, you know, and say, I'm I'm now ready to give back. I'm now in a position where I can openly share and understand what I went through in the past and start seeing those kind of trigger points and start seeing patterns in other people's relationships. And when they do reach out, um, and that's the most important thing I want to share with you today, Ali, that people have to want to reach out when they're ready for help. Mm-hmm. We can never force that upon someone. You know, we see documentaries all the time where someone's getting on the receiving end of domestic abuse or mental abuse and then they go back to the perpetrator and that can constantly keep happening and I call it the yo-yo effect so you know this yo-yo effect can keep happening and I was I was also guilty of this a pattern I also you know walked away from my perpetrator then went back thought could figure things out but when that person is absolutely ready um that's when the likes of me being an ambassador for archer women's aid charity um you know that's when organizations fantastic organizations like that can then start helping ladies and there's organizations for men that can start you know really helping that person build their life back up again
0: yes yeah which which is important because Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, inner work that needs to be done. But, you know, ultimately, you really need that support. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot to deal with, isn't it? Yes.
1: I mean, and the biggest thing when I got, when Anshel Women's Aid asked me to be an ambassador, I thought it was an absolute beautiful opportunity. Because I hadn't actually reached out to any organisation. I had dealt with all that inner work by myself so it was just my very good friends my very close family that when i finally spoke up after 5 years that something wasn't right at home that that i i i did all that journey by myself but could you imagine the recovery or the joy i would have had in my life had i reached out to organisations had i leaned on some others that may have known a, a bit more about what i was going through even probably more than i did at that point in time so you know to, to know that I can share that there is support out there and, and to be you know I, I just think it's absolutely it, it's so important to me to be part of that
0: yeah I think, I think you're absolutely right and you know it, it's obviously been part of your healing journey as well hasn't yes. it? Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, talk to me about your lovely book that you've written um and you you've had other contributors as well um, so the books also solely myself, uh, but what I've done
1: from hearing other people's journeys, I've, I've done it in my creative way. Um, so um, of, of sharing the story that they have gone through. Um, so there's, it, it hasn't been any particular individual. So it's all my creativity and artwork and uh, my words on there. Um,
0: but it was important to show the thought process so, yeah, I mean, talking about the book, I mean, you know, it, it's called Forever Forgotten So, isn't it?
1: Yes. Forgiven, Forgotten So. So I deliberately used the uh, the acronym FFS, which most people associate with something different. But yeah. I wanted to give it a different meaning. So I was like, yeah, this. So, again, a vision, a very clear vision. I had this title before I even wrote the book. So I... it you know it was it was a title that was there and then it was like gee when are you actually going to do this so you know when are you actually going to sit down and um, and I had material from the past but then I realized that was no longer what the angle that I wanted the book to be so I, I decided to um, when when I was ready to put the book together that I started from scratch brand new material you know, really immersing myself back into that emotion because that's a skill in itself when you've moved on from something that you've experienced many, many years ago. It's quite a skill to then take yourself back in there to then go into that dark place and make something positive out of it. So that's pretty much how the book was put together. And um, so it is a poetry book. Um, so actually, this is, an, so this is an example, if you can see. So the words... I've deliberately placed in in a way so you know this one's called ping pong, and I want to show the actual visual of playing ping pong. So you know I, I put the the words deliberately in in certain places, um, and I have to say the 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 feedback I've had from par you know survivors of domestic abuse has been absolutely. You know, it, it gave every bit of feeling that I that what part of my giving back, part of my healing process that they actually it's really helped them. You know, I've just had people say, "Please keep doing what you're doing." And then I had great opportunities for doing poetry corner corner for Aunt Chelle as well. Um, so just really, um, the book has given me great opportunities to raise more awareness, and that was the whole purpose of the book. Let's raise more awareness of what Really goes on in a domestic and mental abuse relationship.
0: Absolutely. Because, you know, the thing is, is, sometimes it's really hard, especially for the victim, to um, pinpoint what the perpetrator is doing. Exactly. And a lot of it, and maybe this is part of why the book
1: came much later, it's retrospect. It's when you've come out of that situation when you've healed yourself when you've given yourself time to grow back you can then look on retrospect and start aligning the dots and realize that that was unhealthy behavior in your relationship or those were the warning signs or that was manipulation that was control that was you know that that you start realizing but it is retrospectively that you realize that that is Um, what was going on in a relationship because when you're fueled by emotion it's so difficult to really make rational decisions and and important decisions of you know your well-being your safety sometimes you're so caught up for the next fight or the next time you're walking on eggshells that you're not even thinking about the long-term picture you're just thinking about when is the next argument when is the next time something's going to happen it's so short that you're thinking as opposed to thinking about, um, you know, what's your future going to be like? Um, And I think for me, my absolute point where I knew I had to take action was actually when I had a three month old baby and I knew what what was happening. And I thought, okay, this can't happen anymore. You know, I am my daughter's parent. I am responsible. I have to make this decision right now that, Our safety, my daughters and I's safety, comes first before this relationship. And that was the last time that I saw my perpetrator that that night. Um, And I never saw them again.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, well, good for you. And I mean, that that must have been a really tough thing to do. And, you know, to actually be able to move away from them. Because it's right and, and fair in saying that it's like a drug, isn't it? you know yeah
1: Yeah.
0: um because you know you get into this pattern so then you actually feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with abuse don't you and then you have to try and um you know somewhere in the back of your head because then you have those anxious moments when you're not Yeah. but you know that's how you get drawn back in isn't it
1: absolutely and Ali you absolutely mentioned something really important the fact that I always knew nobody in a relationship should be raising hands on anyone, whether the man or the woman or the woman or the man. I knew this. I knew this from when I was a young girl. But yet here I was in a long-term relationship, which was five years on and off abusive. And it's like, where did that come from? Where did my senses go? And and then, 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 ke- then crept in the embarrassment of sharing that you were actually experiencing that experiencing something that you believe to be a loving relationship or what you portray to society to be a loving relationship, which was very much far different behind closed doors. So it's very, um, I think it was the embarrassment. And I think that's what made me also write the book. So, you know, ironically here, I was not talking about it. And then I've just said, here you go, world. Here's some of my experiences. Here's others' experiences. you know, let the words be seen. So um so it's very I've done it more for the the ladies and the men that keep quiet out of embarrassment. If 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 you know I would say that's one of the biggest reasons why I wrote it was exposure for um you know let's let's eradicate this embarrassment that you feel as someone who's experiencing domestic or mental abuse.
0: Mm. Yeah no absolutely you you're right and you know i mean it it's not just as you said you know it it's to do with domestic abuse and it's to do with um you know people who've suffered some sort of mental abuse but i mean let's just sort of you know look at it from a different perspective where mm-hmm. you know children or even grown ups you know that have say narcissistic parents yeah there you know there's a level of abuse sometimes with that isn't there and that must be even harder to break out of that cycle because effectively you know wouldn't you think you're going mad if you've got you know a parent who does that no totally agree with you and I think you know when you and I spoke last I was sharing
1: with you that my vision of educating youngsters and I'm working on building a module that you know I want to present um, and do like almost like a roadshow to schools to, to educate the beautiful children that don't have that choice right now. You know, Out of being a young person, I want them to realize what, what it is that they're witnessing and what choices they have then to make in their own adult lives. Because what we want to do is break that pattern of what then becomes acceptable or normal behavior at home, like the behavior you've mentioned, um, and then, just need to help the kids to understand i don't want to say wrong from right because it is wrong from right but you almost want them to just understand that there are better ways of dealing with things and that there are certain people that behave a certain way due to lack of education so this education of you know expressing yourself emotionally being able to achieve what you can with positive emotional behavior behavior as opposed to the narcissistic behavior patterns or the control or the you know the kind of putting people down kind of form of um, parenting style you kind of want because what you tend to see and I've been speaking to fellow people probably around my age group and when I mentioned this potential workshops that I want to bring out They're so supportive because they just nod away saying they totally understand. And some people have actually been experiences of those being those young children who witness this type of toxic relationship within parenting or being controlled by a parent in an unhealthy way. Um, And wouldn't it be great just to share with kids an independent kind of learning that they can make choices in the future of their own? and that they can respect that someone is probably not doing something the right way. So it's just like sharing with children the options and the alternative ways of dealing with a situation as opposed to kind of believing that's the way to deal with things. And I think it's really interesting when it becomes um, subconsciously in someone's uh, being. So, you know, some, some kids may take it on and bring it to the playground without even realizing that this aggression or this level of control or this neediness or however they're behaving is actually from what they're witnessing at home, and that's how they think they deal with situations. So just want to show that there's a, a wider learning, but in a very child friendly way. You know, I would never dare to like override them with the the word narcissistic or anything like that.
0: No. <laughs> well, no, but... absolutely. <laughs> yeah that it's a big word and yeah yeah they they probably could spell it though because you know a lot of children are really intelligent aren't they um and you know this is how they grow but i mean they there seems to me as we discussed you know we we you basically identified you know a gap in in how things are portrayed as well you know that obviously you need to be mindful with children as you said you know like long yeah. words etc um but you know also that the problem that we have in this day and age is that they can access anything on the internet yeah now, i know where there's parent controls i mean i don't yeah. have children that young anymore so <laughs> um, i'm afraid you it's gone past all that but um You know, and there are some really um, graphic images, aren't there, on the internet that are seen as socially acceptable on social media sites and lots of different things. And I think navigating that as a child, it almost looks like, you know, you're you're, um, kind of put up for abuse. Does that make sense? Yeah, because...
1: um... I, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, going back to the kind of when your child is a certain age, firstly, I almost feel like parents need a bit of support on this topic as well. Parents need to understand what healthy browsing is for children. So, you know, like you said, the likes of parent control. Could there be a simpler way of doing it? Is there a way of um, protecting your child? You know, maybe you should sit with your child while they're browsing the internet just to show them that you're there to support them. Um, because you know, letting any child off with a device of a certain age is quite concerning to me. You know, I I would never let my daughter browse freely. So when my daughter has a question, I'd be like, "We can research this together on Google, and let's look at what comes up." Because Google has now become the library. You know. The, 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 that's where you type in the words and find out. And of course, if you're a curious child, shall we say, you can type whatever you want and, like you said, come across these graphic, um, you know, visuals that you might not be ready to receive. So, you know, my first kind of instant point would be: Do we have to leave a child alone on a laptop? You know, is that the right thing to do? And then the other thing is, if you if you do feel comfortable, then like you said, parent control. But do the parents need to know what the dangers are? Because I have to say, I went to a workshop probably before the pandemic and I didn't, it was actually a police officer doing um, a workshop on child safety online. And Mm. she was absolutely amazing. So one example that she used was when a child takes a selfie innocently, do they have the street name behind them where the, the child then becomes identifiable of where they live and which area and actually what street they're associated to? So mm-hmm. things like that, parents need to know. And actually, we need to be that filtering point of seeing what our, a child posts of a certain age. And this is the other question, Ali. What age is OK for a child to be then to be said they're OK, they can make those decisions? because. I know as a teenager, I was still making incorrect decisions, if that makes sense. So it's almost like there needs to be more kind of community and unity at home first, I think. So mm-hmm. the internet's mm-hmm. kind of almost separated us to a certain extent because we're almost trusting our children to be responsible. What, responsible children? Because is that really fair to put that ownership no, on them? It's not. So, it's not. So I think there's such a bigger, um, there's such a bigger, more learning there to support the parents to then support the children. So I think that would be the kind of the point that you kind of help first before you can then help the children. Um, and just what you and I you know, were speaking about, how can media play a part in positively educating the children not to take everything gospel online? Not to be over influenced, you know, and how that there's just the subject could go on, couldn't it? Like there's, so it? Many,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It, yeah. It, it is. It's an interesting subject, and you know there has been talks about, and it should have happened by now. Apparently um the ofcom the i don't know if you're familiar with ofcom you probably are
1: yeah Um, i've heard of
0: ofcom yeah yeah the the broadcasting authority that you know um look after people that um tv stations radio stations all that type of thing well they were bringing it in that you know especially in the uk that they would start policing the internet as well Um, and and i don't think it's quite happened yet i'm sure it hasn't um, so, it, you know, something like that really needs to happen, doesn't it? Because, you it know, does. we need to be regulated a lot more because, you know, anybody can put anything out on the Internet, which is just incredibly frightening, really, isn't it?
1: And I think more so, you know, without it sounding very authoritative, but get that parent to be that police point, because that's how we're going to win quicker in homes. You know, yes, we're going to probably have Ofcom with an organisation independently reviewing content on the internet. But again, it's us to protect our children and almost like protect them now, so that when you know when when they when they do become beautiful and successful, that they that they're aware how to deal with trolls, they're aware how to deal with criticism online, they're aware. You know, you're almost supporting them to build this resilience towards a platform that should be taken with a pinch of salt so um because some some children's even adults you know we all some people become quite dependent on on social media and what's available on the internet and you almost need to and that's one thing you almost need to show the child this is this is not everything in your life you know this is not the center of your world as as you know how i've spoken to so many parents and they say to me Oh, enjoy it while you can, because when your child hits a teenager, they're not going to really leave their room and <laughs> and leave their room because they're going to be constantly on their phone or they're not going to interact. And my my initial reaction is that's not happening in my home. I'm sorry to say I'm not going to be OK with my child just sitting in their room for ample of hours. I understand there'll be hormones and talk to me again in 10 years time, Ali. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Ali, help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we we forget sometimes as parents that we have more. not control not the right word. We have more of an influence on our child's taking in of content, our child's upbringing, our child's uh, the way they deal with situations. We're here to help them we are their springboard to make sure they make better decisions than what we may have made in the past. So, you know, knowing that we know how the internet can be quite a dangerous place at times, it can be very influencing, it can lead people astray, it can get, it can get kids and adults addicted to, you know, being um, the need of uh, what, approval, the need of recognition. Why don't we just give that recognition at home why don't we work together with them and and just show them other ways of being recognized um, rather than depending it on on a source such as the internet or social media Um, and i'm really looking forward to you know play any little part in educating um children in making in making that a reality to making them just see a bit more thinking outside the box because that's what I want to push forward you know we all get swayed my friend said this and this is how the flock of everyone is doing why can't we get these kind of spurts of independent young children who say actually you know what that's not really how it looks and this is how it could be also just want just want more dynamic thinking within children rather than just you know like almost zombie like believing everything they see
0: well, this is the thing, and, you know, I think, you know, that, that there needs to be this moving forward, doesn't it? And it, it strikes me that, you know, you're going to be on this bandwagon for some time. But, you yes. know, I think you just got to push it out there into the universe and, yeah. you know, ask it to, to happen. And it will. um, Because, you know, there, there is, as I said, a huge gap between their understanding of what is abuse and what is not abuse when they see all these graphic images totally and
1: it's Every about thinking that it's normal thinking yeah. that it's okay you know thinking that um, oh that is the way how to treat a lady or that is the way how to speak to someone or you know versa, vice, or, or a woman a woman shouting, is a woman being passionate or, you know, just misinterpretations of what emotion really is. Um, yeah. And yeah, I totally agree with you that there, there, there needs to be togetherness. And sometimes we've got to kind of got to think, where can we get togetherness from? And it absolutely is from the role modelling up above. So, you know, it's the, as you said, the influencing, making a change, that's going to take a while. That, that's not going to happen overnight, but it's about collaborating with organisations. It's about, you know, knocking on people's doors who's prepared to listen because the quickest way we can win, why don't we have a really nice, positive advert sharing with children during children times about the dangers of the internet? Or, you know, I would love this. I had an idea. It's like, wouldn't it be fab if we could get almost celebrities, Um, you know, this is how I look and this is how I look with my filter on just to like
0: help people understand and yeah no I yeah. yes completely I mean I I've, I know a few very well-known <laughs> people and um you know it is yeah it's interesting because they're not really the person that they are at home does that make sense in totally in- in many ways, in many ways, I mean, you know, they, they do, there are, obviously, there are uh, big parts of them that they carry through yeah. the whole, but, you know, it, it's an act, it's, they're, they're basically out there, it doesn't matter who they are as a celebrity, they're out there to entertain people. Yes. Um, and this, this is a very interesting concept that I think, you know, we need to take into to consideration as far as, you know, abuse is concerned, because, you know, it's learning that they are putting on this act, persona, persona, where actually, you know, they're they're quite quiet or whatever at home, and it's about understanding the difference of what this kind of means emotionally, what it means. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I totally Um, agree. Yeah, and I think that the whole of the internet, yeah, I mean, all of social media, to be fair, is um, something that, you know, it's got a lot to answer for. It's got a great amount of qualities in the fact that, you know, we're able to connect. I mean, where would we have been throughout the pandemic if we hadn't been able to connect to people in such a vast way? But, yeah you know the the downside of this is is the stuff that is put all across it and yeah you know, is this constant message that everybody wants to have their 5 minutes of fame um and i really really don't think that that helps young people because that you know it, again it can set them up for abuse can it
1: oh absolutely this searching for You know, searching for this fame, searching for something I don't have right now, um, looking to others for it. You know, this is what we need to teach our children, being content with what you have right now, being happy in your own skin. Um, Mm. And just these, I think those are the fundamentals that will kind of make them a stronger, healthier person and much more hopefully resilient and resistant towards abuse. But it's when you start searching for, you know, when the likes are sadly, when kids get groomed, you know, it's all because they're searching for something for whether it's attention or whether it's because they think it's accepted. It's okay to have, you know, an older partner or looking for, um, you know, some kind of that you kind of get told this about this incompleteness because that's what show, social media is kind of trying to show people. You're incomplete unless you have this. You're incomplete unless you um, have have achieved this or hang out here or experience this experience. And it's like, no, let's work on being humble. Let's work on being, you know, I personally think we need strong leaders strong leaders who are influenced within social media to start changing the content start Mm -hmm. changing what the messages are and it could even be striking kind of like a bargain deal for every influence that you kind of remain on your content make sure 20% of it is also teaching others the difference between what actually you know it could be almost like behind the scenes footage before they actually put the post out, which is so glorified and glitzy and magical, that actually what really went on to set it up and stage it to that stage. Those are the type of teachings I think that you can kind of share with children, the full process, because all they're ever watching on social media is the end product. They're seeing the final polished version of something. And that's what we need to share with children and maybe some adults too, it takes a process to get there and there's also something called visual effects (laughs) it's not it's not all con it's not all achieved in the way that you may think it is and that's where I I think there's so much to support children with happiness and you kind of I have to say and you know this as as a fellow parent yourself when they're younger and they have no influence of social media in their life How content are they with their toys? How content are they with holding mummy or daddy's hand and just walking down a forest? You know, they don't need these influences, but the older they get, they just start getting, um, you know, they start getting influence. They start getting ideas. They start getting maybe I would say not really thinking for themselves anymore maybe we need to get them to become more independent and continue on the path that they were before a phone got, or before a device or a phone got placed in their hand or before they started reaching for yours. And so my daughter tries to reach for my phone and she can with me sitting next to her, look at a couple of things, but comes a 20 minute mark and that phone is away from her. You know, that's her, that's her screen time done. So it's about knowing healthy boundaries with them also enjoying what they want to kind of
0: witness, experience. So, gee, a lot of work to to cut out, cut out for you and, and Anshel as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's um it's kind of, you know, well, I mean, all of us, you know, as I said, should be pushing this message right now because um it, it is a quite a serious one and I think that people you know actually think that they should be doing um one thing and then of course you know that they're, they're led to believe that they should be doing one thing and that actually they should be doing another if that makes sense shouldn't they Yeah, no.
1: Okay. and I've just
0: thought of something you should now I, I don't mind mentioning names on, on my podcast but um, you should actually tune in um, and watch The Social Dilemma don't know if you've heard of it on Netflix
1: I, I have heard of it but I've not yeah. watched it so yes that would be a good starting point for me <laughs>
0: Yeah. no it absolutely it is because you know I watched it um, over the Christmas period you know when you have that sort of whole lull of you know you yeah. kind of get into different things so Um, I mean how manipulated we are by social media is is incredible and it's all you know about selling selling but now we are the products and I'll just leave you with that because you know I think you you really need to watch this because it's a very scary situation on social media and especially for our young people you know thank
1: you I will absolutely watch that
0: thank you Ellie no worries at all so I mean if I wanted to for example I wanted to get a copy of your your book where would how would I get that um, so it's available on Amazon um so you would
1: just type in forgiven forgotten so uh, so with five o's <laughs> um but forgiven forgotten it will definitely come up or g Denoa, um and that's where my book would be and it's all um it's all in in good aid to raise awareness and it could even be that people buy it as a gift for someone so it doesn't have to mean necessarily you know you've experienced and you want it it could be somebody that you know that actually might just need to read this but somebody that might actually need to understand what abuse and domestic violence really is because like we're saying earlier it's on retrospect sometime you realize that you're in a toxic relationship so you know with, obviously I don't want anyone to insult anyone, but you know it could just be you might actually want to have a read of this and you know it's it's about helping people. That's what this book is about and I'm really excited because with Anchel with independent projects I've got a lot that I am looking forward to support for this year. I'm really really excited all in aid of raising more awareness um, towards domestic violence. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to help others take those first steps to get out of an unhealthy relationship
0: yeah definitely it's um it, it is worth it isn't it for your own mental health as well oh, it? totally <laughs> totally yeah. yeah well well done you congratulations on oh, the book as well that that's thank amazing. you Ali and um know yeah, the, the fact that you've also you've just been found by Ann Chow and Sue Buey who's Uh, another amazing person isn't she she is indeed so soft so gentle such a beautiful
1: lady um and just her presence alone she's just so quiet but you just know her goodness in her like the goodness of everything that she's doing is just super amazing and you know the ladies that enroll on the jasmine project really the growth that you see from those ladies
0: that they are really being equipped to move on with their life it's absolutely fantastic oh no that that is amazing isn't it again and it is about restructuring and as you said is not being ashamed of what happened to you because you know it's not your fault at the end of the day is it
1: yeah it's about changing that mindset and if it's about you know, me being able to support people who are currently experiencing domestic violence to change that mindset of, you know, almost change that mindset of being a victim. Because when you're in that state of being a victim, you might not take that first step, like you said, that addiction or that, you know, being in that routine of what you're used to, knowing that you're worth more is when you can break out. You know, knowing when this is enough, when you can break out so it's those clicks that need to happen in your mindset that you won't look back and one thing I want to share it was never easy when I was moving forward I had to make a decision to stop looking back I had to keep going forward without going left and right and being swayed by you know you get those harassment calls you get those influence calls where the perpetrator might want to work things out but it's far too late once you've made that decision just keep going in a straight line, because that is you putting yourself first.
0: Absolutely, mm. well said. Well, do you know what, G, it's been lovely to meet you, it really, really has, and thank you so much for coming on the Tea Time Sofa, as I call it, and telling me all about your book, and all about your very valuable work that you're doing, so I'd like to wish you the best of luck.
1: Ali, thank you so much for having me, it's been an absolute pleasure, and you know, love speaking with you. So
0: thank you so much. Look forward to chatting with my next guest on the Tea Time Sofa this time next Saturday. In the meantime, if you would love to get in touch about having a chat with me, you can reach me on Tea Time at forthenow.co.uk. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on Tea Time with A.M. Bye for now.